That's a question. And so, hush falls over the congregation. You guys ever, you ever feel like giving up? I mean, anything you do that you feel like throwing in the towel and saying, I've had it, what, in what area? Uh, sometimes doing chores. Doing chores. Okay. You feel like just saying, I've had enough chores, huh? Okay. Yeah, what do you feel like giving up with? Um, on my room. Your room. Your, I bet your room is just really not messy, though. I bet it's really clean. It is clean? Okay. 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 Well, I mean, it is. It's just taking super long. Taking long. So the longer something takes, the easier it is to throw it in the towel, right? Yeah. Would you say well, generally? Sort of. But also, long? since you're working on it so long, it kind of is the only thing that's keeping you working on it. Because you worked on so many hours on it or something. You worked on you so many hours up. on it. Okay. Yeah. You, gonna, you think you're going to do it? Oh, yeah. I'm going to finish it. You're going to finish it. That's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a better feeling to think you're going to finish it than to think you're going to give up. Josh, he said I could share any of this. He, Josh told, you know who Josh is? You know Josh. Yeah, Brecky. He said he grew up feeling like a failure, and so it was easy for him to throw in the towel. He gave up on school. You ever feel like giving up? You guys don't feel like giving up on school, no. You wish, huh? Give up. When it's boring, is it sometimes not boring? You have some times where it's not boring? What do you feel like giving up? Homework. Homework. It's not hard. It's just long and boring. It's long and boring. So you feel like giving up on homework. Do you ever feel like giving up on anything? Sure. You're not sure. You're just going for it all the time. (laughs) Stick around because I'll come back to you again. But what about you guys? You ever feel like giving up on anything? Yeah. Um, I, I almost gave up uh, trying to reach out to my dad, but I really appreciate that. I was so proud of you that you did that. You almost gave up on on your family, on your dad. That man, way to go! He, you, you, did you call him or write him a letter or what'd you do? Wow. That's wonderful. Anybody else feel like giving up on something or somebody or Yeah, Steve? Yell it out. You feel like giving up on preaching? Evangelizing friends. You feel like so you give it up, it's not gonna work, huh? Okay. Anybody else? We got the choir over here. Anything you feel like giving up on? Being a mom. About three times a day you give up on. Okay. I was uh, speaking overseas. I was in Finland. And I was going to, I don't remember the message. I, I think I was talking about Dare to Dream. And I just, beforehand, I felt the Lord just nudged me. 
and said, ask if any of them feel like giving up. And so there are about 90 there. And I said, before I start, I just want to ask you a question. How many of you pastors have felt like giving up and throwing in the towel? In the last two weeks, I said, 10 of them got right to their feet. Some of them were crying by the time they, they stood up. They, were, they wanted to quit. They wanted to throw in the towel. Jesus usually doesn't tell us at the outset what the purpose of his story is. He usually lets us figure that out. Two times he gives us the purpose of his story. And the one we're going to look at today in Luke 18, if you have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, we got plenty of them. Would you help me, kids? You pass these out. Just take them out to anybody who doesn't have one. Go for it, Ethan. You can take a package, too. If you don't have a Bible, just raise your hand. We'll see that you get one. Luke 18. Okay, somebody read the first verse of Luke 18 real loud. Okay, you got two choices there. What are they? Praying or giving up. Okay, think of a, something that you have prayed for or are praying for and you're tempted, tempted to give up. Think of something. Oh, you got it. One mic. What are you thinking of giving up on? Sometimes it's easy to give up to give up on a dream where you invested time, money, and resources. Anybody have a dream that you're you're tempted to give up on? You, a dream or a prophetic word that it hadn't come true yet, and you're wondering, is it going to come true? Is it ever going to come true? I think we all have had things like that, haven't we? Jesus tells the purpose of the story right out in front. We almost don't have to read it. We don't have, uh, have to tell uh, tell the story, but we're going to. And here's here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to have you do the do the work. I have uh, put together some questions, and what I want you to do. You guys tell me to pass those out. Please, everybody gets one. Everybody gets one of them. What I want you to do is you can do it on your own. You can do it with. A Okay, we're going to wrap it up in about 30 seconds. So you've got this story that you could tell in about 20 seconds. And you've got two characters in the story. Who are the characters? Oh, you got a widow. Okay, tell me about the widow. What? Why did Jesus pick a widow to tell this story? Widows are helpless and hopeless. Right on. They're, she says they're chunked in right with the widows and the, with, with the poor, with the disenfranchised, the orphans. Scripture puts those two together. 
And Jesus has a bias. He knows his father has a bias toward people who are helpless and hopeless. So you're the widow. Anything more about the widow? Unprotected. They don't. They either by death or by divorce. They're they're they widows and and they're probably poor. They're probably financially unable. They're probably physically unable. Maybe emotionally unable. Okay. Pardon. No recourse. Have you ever heard anybody say, you know, this is getting so bad, I think the only thing we have left to do is pray. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes you hear pretty dumb things. As if that's the last resort. You know, we've tried everything else. Yeah, not, a lot of money. not a lot of money. That's right. That's true, Naomi. Recourse and resource. Yeah. Nothing to lose. Desperation fuels persistence. Yeah, yeah, she wouldn't quit talking. She wouldn't shut up. Uh, Look back to Luke 11 because Jesus is teaching us about persistence before this. The disciples say, Lord, teach us to pray. And so he says, when you pray, say, Father, which is what we should be praying when we when we pray. We should be talking to the Father. Jesus told, told us to talk to his Father. That's the first word we learn. And then he gives this story about this midnight guest. And what does it teach us? Look at this. Then the one, look, verse 7, then the one inside answers. Now, listen to see if you get any yeses. Don't bother me. That's one no. The door is already locked. Now, if you were standing there, would you have stuck around? I think after the first one, I would have gone. And my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. So he got four no's. Did he get his bread? Did he go home with his bread? Why? He didn't give up. Okay, turn to Matthew 15. Canaanite woman has a daughter. It says, uh, verse 23, Matthew 15, 22. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. So she got four no's. Jesus did not answer a word. The disciples said, get her out of here. Then Jesus says, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. Then he said, it is not right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. And she sticks around. Jesus is trying to teach us a lesson about persistence. He teaches on it. And he's got an example from a Canaanite. And now again, in Luke 18, he's telling us not to persist. You're a widow. You're needy, you're desperate, and the more desperate you see that without Jesus, you can do nothing. I like to say that, without Jesus, I can do nothing. Say that, without Jesus, I can do nothing. That fuels desperation. Rather than, okay, I've got some options here. 
No, I don't. I don't have any options. So anything more about the widow before we go to the next person? Okay, then the next person. Why did Jesus use an unrighteous judge? Can you think of other stories where Jesus uh, Jesus sets up contrasts? Give us extreme examples. So he tells us about two sons. One who's not going to obey and he obeys. One who says he's going to obey and he doesn't. Another two sons. One's an elder brother, one's a younger. So the G- Jesus loves to teach this way. So what does that teach you about the, uh, about the father? When I was talking to Josh this morning about this, it just came out about the importance, the most important thing about us is the way we picture two different people. Who? God and ourselves. I said, Josh, are, were you a loser? And he said, yes. He saw himself as a failure. I'm going to ask a hard question here. Any of you see yourself as failures? You're shaking your head. Do you? Mm. Amen, Charlie. Going to get better. Going to get better and better. Anybody here feel like a victim? Do you? Put your hand on her. Anybody else? What out here? It's really easy to adopt a victim mentality. And the problem when you adopt a victim mentality, when you embrace something as your identity, is that it's easy then to give into towel, throw into the towel. Because your circumstances, even when they change, you don't think they're going to change enough. And so when we're, when we're victimized and we adopt that as a mentality, then <clears throat> it's hard to, hard to get beyond that. Father, I pray that you would change our outlook. Change, we are not victims. We are victors. All of us have been victimized. Life has victimized us. Family has victimized us. Even good parents have victimized us. School, coaches, 
We've all had experiences. I pray that you would release us from attachment to those experiences so that we feel like giving up. I pray that people here who have been victimized and now are seeing that as who they are as their identity, I pray that you would detach them from that identity so that they could come into a new confidence of who they are in Christ and release them to a freedom, a freedom in being what they're called to be and do what they're called to do. They're not helpless. They're not hopeless. They, they, have, they have recourse in Jesus. They have recourse in a good father. They can come to a good father. They can get the help they need. That God is with them. God is able. God can help them. We trust you to bring this to pass. I'd just like to pray for uh, the children here um, growing up into young adults. We have four of them sitting here. uh, And if you just put your hands towards them. Father, um, we pray against the lies that the enemy would want to throw. The enemy throws darts, and we know that. And, Father, you protect these children. Your word is truth. And as I hold my Bible uh, and say, Father, you're in charge, we thank you for your word that covers, your presence that covers, your angels that protect, your Holy Spirit that encourages their hearts. We pray for their dreams, Lord, at night, that you would wake them up with your words, with your encouragement, your songs. And, Father, may they hear your voice, your voice. And if they hear any lies coming towards them, that they would just say, Jesus, you take care of that. So we belong to you. Hallelujah. Let Bryn know this, the depth of her heart, depth of her being, Lord, who she is and what she's called to, what the plans are that you have for her. When the disciples came down from the mountain, or I'm sorry, when Jesus came down from the mountain, uh, he encountered the disciples who had failed to cast this demon out of this boy, and the father was distraught. In fact, he was a victim. He he just threw himself on Jesus, and he said, if you can do anything, help us. Well, you'd expect Jesus to say, well, of course I will. But he didn't say that because he saw something in that man. He saw a passivity that felt he couldn't do anything. There was nothing he could do, no, no place where he could go. So Jesus said, if you can. And he said, okay, I believe, help my unbelief. See, he, 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 he took a step. And Jesus said, I'm going to heal your boy. So you need to know, even if you've been victimized, that, that you've got recourse. So share the point of the story. What, any, anything that you got from this in addition to what we've talked about here? I know your story, and you're speaking very personally right now. Yeah. 
Way to go. Way to go. Anything else? Good. Thanks, Charlie. We have four children that we adopted out of foster care. We have two biological. Our fourth child um, that we adopted. You don't mind, Larissa, right? Um, (laughs) We did not um, know she was going to end up being our daughter when she first came into our home, and then it kind of evolved that way. So in September, I was out on a walk and praying through the children in our household. We had some other foster children there, too. And as I was praying for Larissa, the Lord very clearly said, you keep her. And I thought, gee, I didn't know that's an option or anything. And I, so as I walked and prayed, I walked about six miles that day and prayed it out. The Lord unfolded to me what this would, could look like. I came back so excited. Since we'd already adopted other foster kids from the county, I figured, this is easy. Red carpet rolled out, walk right into it. And it became a nine-month, eight-month incredible battle. We... Um, If I didn't have that word to stand on, there were so many times I was ready to give up. The county didn't even acknowledge us. They wouldn't even consider keeping her with us. Um, We just, we tried everything. We didn't have money for an attorney. We just kept holding on. We keep coming back to, you told us, God, she was going to be our daughter. It came down to two weeks before the final court date. There was another family they wanted to place her with that she didn't know. I mean, it was just on and on it went. And Joel and I were so ready to give up, so ready to give up, because we had nothing in our favor, nothing written except one word from the Lord. And so it came down to two weeks before I got a phone call from the social worker on the case saying, well, have her ready because we're moving her today over to this. And the court date hadn't come yet. I called the other attorney. He wasn't ours, but he was the attorney for the other side. Said They said they're coming to take her. He made a call, and we were back in court the next day, and the judge really yelled at, talk about injustice in the world, the judge really yelled at the social worker that tried to do this. We still didn't know what was going to happen, came down to just two days before the court date, and the other family realized they were a distant relative that they needed to back out because this was this hand of the social worker, not God's hand on her. And so then the social worker, who had nothing to do with us, called us and said, We've changed our mind, and we'll support putting her at your house. We walked in and out of court in 10 minutes, and she was ours. Do you feel loved? Aren't you glad your mom and dad didn't give up? Yeah. Yeah, pretty wonderful. Anything else before we wrap this up? Thank you. I I think there is something about the day and night. There's something about getting no's and not stopping. 
And I don't understand this fully. Because he got, the Canaanite woman got no's from Jesus. The, the, um, the midnight host got four no's and he kept at it. And then he gives us, he throws in a Bible verse. Every once in a while when you're reading along, you come across the Bible verses. And he came across, he, he spoke this Bible verse, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. So there's something Jesus wants us to know about his father. We'll close with this now. Jesus wants us to know this about his father, that he is far more extravagant, far more giving, and that praying day and night doesn't mean we're trying to twist God's arm. It's not that we're trying to teach him something. He's trying to teach us something that we're going to need in the last days, which is we're we're not even going to get to that part. That God is extravagant, outlandish in his love and really wants us to persist because we need to do it so that he can come through. I want to invite a couple uh, couples now to come up, Bob and uh, Linda and Mike and Susan and my wife Karen and Beth and Tim because uh, one of, just come on up to the front one of the things that as we were talking about uh, the ministry of Lydia House someone said we, we need the feeling of, of pastoral presence and it's not enough to have one person but to have teams of people and I, I wanted you to see people who are here to give that kind of presence, that kind of care. So you can, you can grab anybody afterwards, but uh, especially these people. They're among us as people who want to serve with the pastoral presence of Jesus, the Good Shepherd, and be available as you have uh, needs, desires, concerns, Yes, complaints. They could even hear that. <laughs> Especially Bob. You can go to Bob on those. So I want to I wanna bless them. Then I want us to bless you. And then uh, hang for a while if you can. Go when you need to. And uh, look at look at me now for a moment. Look at me. Look at me. (laughs) Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. You're almost there. Be very discouraging. If you found out you were one half block from the peak, you just had about a hundred more steps and you'd hit the peak, then you'd see the valley, you'd see the terrain. You don't want to give up when you're that close. You're really close. It's almost yours. Don't give up. Don't give up. Same for you guys. Don't give up. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth going for. Kids, don't give up. It's worth it. It's worth going for. Father, give us grace today. Give us grace. And we, we say to heaven, we say to you in heaven, we're not going to give up. We got difficulties. 
We got struggles. We got things that are trying to wear us down. But we say to heaven today, we're not going to give up. We're not going to throw in the towel when that temptation comes. It's not going to even get at us. We're not giving up. We're going for it. We're going to persist. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going at Lydia House because we know there are breakthroughs that you want to bring in here. Breakthroughs of healing. Breakthroughs of emotional well-being. Breakthroughs of finances. We're not going to give up. We're not going to tire of asking. We're going to keep asking. We're going to keep asking for our children. We're not going to give up for our children. We're not going to give up for the responsibilities that you've given. We're not going to give up on the dreams that you've put in our heart. We're not going to give up. We're going to keep calling on you. We're going to keep believing. We're not going to be unbelievers like the Israelites who, who, who died in the desert, who were buried in the desert, and that highway became a burial place because they decided to give up. It was too much for them. It's not too much of you because you've got God on your side. The Bible says if God is for us, who can be against us? He's not against you. Even if he disciplines you, he's showing you his love. Do not see God as someone who's against you. He's for you. He's for your children, even if they don't see it now. He's for them. Don't give up on your kids when they've given up on themselves. It's so wonderful that Karen's parents didn't give up on her brother when he gave up on himself. And he he, he crossed the line. But then he came back, and now he's serving the Lord wonderfully. And he, he told me, he said, they continue to love me through my rebellion. Continue to love, continue to pour out, continue to give. Do not give up. And I thank you, God, for what you've given us here at Lydia House. I thank you for my friends here who, who share in a pastoral presence, who represent, represent Christ in this congregation. Thank you for their gifts. Thank you for their passion for you. Thank you that they're not going to give up believing for the things that you want to do in this place, in this neighborhood, in this community, in this city. We believe for it. And so we bless you and we bless them. Now I'm going to bless you and then I invite you either, you got one of two options, either to spin around and pray with somebody near you about what I just talked about or come up and, and receive prayer from them. Let me just add for that. Um, yes. The prayers that my parents prayed, I just wanted to tell you, they also prayed for me. I was 10 when I was sent away to uh, school away from my parents and that rejection I feel I felt then I feel for children sometimes when the enemy brings that do- those darts and I just yeah. wanted to uh, sing the song as you're saying day and night well who stays up all night and all day the Lord he never sleeps he never slumbers he watches over you both night and day he never sleeps he never slumbers he watches over you both night and day and so father when we are praying with our whole heart and our soul we know that you are praying you are interceding your holy spirit is with us and as paul's blessing us today father may we remember that you're in charge. Nothing is impossible with you. Nothing is impossible with you. And we say yes to you today because you are on the throne. You are our father. No matter how much the enemy tries to bring those lies of rejection and tries to push us down, 
we reach up and say, thank you, Father, and you are right there. You're indwelling in our hearts. You're standing beside us, and you are in charge today. We receive you today. And we say, the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his pleasure, with his grace. Give you his peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So a couple quick announcements I forgot. Uh, and we uh, talked about potluck on the 9th. So it, or, well, next week. Okay. Okay. Next week. Sorry. Not the 9th. Yeah, we can do it next week. That's fine. Whatever. Next week's the second. That's fine. Is that good? The second's good. So we're doing on the second. And uh, what are we doing? Come on. So we need help. And uh, there'll be lots of food. Lydia House will provide the sloppy joes or stuff on a bun and chips and some salad and drinks. So if you want to bring other salad, fruit, dessert, anything like that to share, that would be great. And what about, hold on, stay here. Um, Thursday nights. Tell me about Thursday nights quickly. I mean, I think we need to get something in the update so people are for sure about it. We have started just giving Thursday night to the Lord. Um, We're meeting at my house. Any women that want to join us, it's very casual. And um, we meet, we prepare a meal together, we share time together, share our hearts, and soak each other in prayer. And if that's a need in your life, and you would like to join us, you would be more than welcome. I can get you an address in the up-to-date. Yeah, we'll get the update. And uh, Cool. So you are officially dismissed. Thanks for coming to Lydia House. Oh, no, we're not. No, we're not. Time out. That's right. So one way or the other. Okay.